All right. One more time. I must have been... Welcome to the journey. It's Monday night, and I'm just uh, sharing. So, if uh, want to take a second, just to share it. How's everybody doing tonight? We'll just give a couple minutes for people to come on. And uh, then we'll get started. Um, I just want to let everybody know that if you want to watch it on YouTube, here's a connection to www.youtube.com slash grace and truth j brown and uh all, there's a wh whole list of different podcasts that we've put on over the time you can connect there to check out also here's our website at www.hcm-strafford.org if you want to donate and be a part of what we're doing to help support keep this thing going that's the site and there's also other things there that you can uh, check out as well um it's on every major podcast platform, um, whether it's Amazon Music, whether it's iTunes, whether it's uh, Podomatic, all the different platforms, it's out there for audio. And then the video, obviously, is on Facebook and on YouTube, if you wanted to watch it there. So, welcome, everybody. And tonight, we have Shakira on and there she is. Hi. Hey. <laughs> we only did that twice. <laughs> it was always better the second time, right? <laughs> good. Yeah. That was weird. Anyways, yeah, welcome. This Thank is exciting. You. Yeah, yeah, I love being here. I love watching the shows and I, I'm always commenting in the comments. So it's always nice when I can just join you guys too. Yeah, it's great. 
and just to be able to uh, do something different than mm -hmm. um, when we do all the, a lot of the teaching things, which are fantastic to be able to uh, break some things down and help people, but right. also to bring people on because everybody's on the journey. Everybody. Yes. Whether everybody. they know it or not. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing. Yeah. And we're all coming. We're all going to the same place ultimately. Yeah. But uh, it's also um, each person's coming from a different situation. Right. So that's why it's really good to hear different people and what they're going through because we're all unique and we all carry the testimony of Christ in our lives. Right. So that's, that's fun, right? Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah. So I just, it's been a while since I've seen you mm -hmm. and um, kind of excited to hear what's been going on in your life. And, uh, you know, wow. what's, because um, I know you had this move. You moved, right? Yes, I did. I've lived in the same town for 26 years. 26 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes you think that you're just comfortable when you're not. You're actually just discouraged. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You're not sure for a long time about it until it, you know. we we get we get discouragement and being comfortable. At least I won't say we. I have. I've gotten that mixed up, and I didn't mm. realize it until I I moved. How trapped I had actually felt. You know, they they talk about lots of poets and lots of writers have written about how cages are very comfortable. That's why people never leave them. And Very so, yeah, and um, I think there was a lyric to a song by Dennis Jurgenen that said, freedom found inside, or sorry, comfort found inside my cage make, made freedom seem so hard. Wow. It's very good, yeah. That's huge. Mm -hmm. In Christianity, um, the progressive light and right. how we get comfortable in, in illusions, yes. thinking that that was the truth until all of a sudden he who is the truth wakes us up. Yeah, we have to leave that cage. And the comfort, I think, comes from not necessarily being comforted. It no. comes from the fear of not being comforted. It comes from the fear of if I leave this, will there be anything better? Yeah. It comes from the fear of or the belief, even or the, as you said, the illusion of not yeah. knowing you're loved. And therefore, you think this is all you've got. Yeah, we have to make him happy by what we're doing. And the, the, I mean, the hardest part for me was um, that, how can I put this? It's like St. John of the Cross talked about leaving the herd. Mm. Yeah. Right? And to drink from the, the breast of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he talked about the inner wine cellar within. Mm -hmm. And it was like... Um, when you're in a huge group of people, you think that you're secure because of that. Mm -hmm. That's part of the delusion. It is, yeah. Because you're only secure in the intimacy you have with the Father. That's it. That's and, the bottom line, right? And it's easy to um, mix up the two as well as uh, settle for less than who you really are. And I don't, when I say who you really are, I mean who the Father he loves you without any expectations. He loves you <laughs> not because he wants to you to change or he's got a plan for your life. He mm. just loves you right now, yeah. right where you're at. Your heartbeat proves it. Your breathing proves it. In him, you live and move and have your being. And yeah. 
Um, so I, I don't know if you want me to continue on this yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, just moving, roll. Just I, so twenty six years. Twenty six years. Place. Same little town, and I'm only forty five. So that wow. is over half my life. Yes. And um, uh, it's a small town, about five thousand people, fifteen thousand in the outer limits. So not very big, and I couldn't drive more than four or five blocks without a memory. Yeah. Oh, there's where I did this. There's my first job. There's this. It was wow. all these things. So there's security and in that, in the knowing, extreme right? Extreme security. And I don't think, I'm. I don't think I could have left it without the father's intervention. I'm so thankful for his his the gentle shepherd yeah. guiding us. Although he had me, but it was a title, and so the house I. Renting for 11 years, I raised my children in this house. It was our family home. I'd even knocked around the idea of, of purchasing it so that, you know, it would be in our family because we love this place. Right. We, we have so many Christmases, so many memories, right? And even the house that I had lived in, God had shown me uh, 13 years before that I would live there with my children. Like, I was wow. engaged to their father. And we were visiting somebody after church, and I was looking for a place to move in and then set up house. And then after we got married, he was going to move in. Yeah. And that was what we were doing. And we drive up to this house, and I heard from the father, you're going to live here. And I thought, Paul, this is our place. I was telling my children's father, this is our yeah. place. This is this is where we're going to live. And he thought, mm, not really my style. It's a little on the, it was built in 1908, so it's an old yeah. house. <laughs> not really my style. I was kind of looking to something a little bit upgrade you know and so i thought well, i just really feel it so i walk in and there's moving boxes everywhere and i say to the lady because i'm really confident i said yeah. I, I heard from god i thought and i said so when are you moving out <laughs> I'm, thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking she moved out and then i'm moving in let tell yeah, me yeah. him of your landlord we're getting to get this done and she said no i just moved in i signed a year's lease what? And so we teased each other over the years and she'd say, you can't have my house, you know, jokingly. Yeah. Well, uh, it was like 12 years later, um, my marriage had ended and I was homeless with my kids living in a shelter. And um, I answer an ad on Craigslist and it's that very house before oh, I ever no. walked down the aisle. Yeah, I moved into that house. And the miracle was is that I had $900 to my name, and she wanted first and last month's rent with a huge deposit. And I had no job. I'd been a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling mom. And she did it. She gave it to me. Wow. Anyway, so I raised my kids in this house. So I just, I'm telling you that story to no, show God's faithfulness. No, but we see faithfulness, the faithfulness, yeah. The God's faithfulness, but also the emotional um, link this was God's faithfulness. This is where we held on to his goodness yeah, all these yeah. years as a single mom, you know, raising my children uh, alone and without, without any support. And then, wow. uh, and then also putting myself through college and getting a career and, and it was our, it was our house to hold on. Right. And so in March, I think it was mid March. Um, we started having some issues with the, the, our basement would flood every year. We had two or three sump pumps down there. It was so normal. We just got mm. used to it. And, um, but the sump pumps weren't working. They kept breaking and I kept buying new ones were like $200 a piece oh my gosh. trying to figure out what's going on and, um, come to find out that our sewer line had collapsed from the house to the city. Yeah, And so sewage was coming into the house and I won't oh, go into no. any more detail than that, but it was not, <laughs> not fun. Nice. We, we had to turn the water off and we couldn't use the toilets or the sinks. 
in, I mean, imagine just your normal day in your house, you know, you've got some dishes that need to be washed, maybe a floor that you should have mopped last week, you know, that kind of thing. And now there's no water to do any of it. And yeah. so um, my house was condemned and what? my landlord gave me, yes, my landlord, the city put a big thing on it. And my, the landlord gave me five days to move. <laughs> And there's a statute in Washington state that if your house is condemned and you're a renter, you're, they're required to give you a sum of money. And then mm. I had some dear friends give me money. And then my brother sent me some money. So I ended up leaving uh, the small town I lived in for 26 years with five grand in my pocket. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and um, it was hard to pack though, after 11 years, it was hard to gather up everything. Like, what do you take? What do you don't take? And then also finding a place that was an, if, this is all across the country, I'm sure, and maybe even all the, you know, all maybe in Canada too. I'm guessing that rentals are very difficult to come by. Like yeah. rent property is skyrocketed. Yeah, and, and these so days, I'm, yeah. I must have called like 50, 60 people in two days, and nothing was available right away. And I thought, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to live in a hotel. I'm gonna have to spend this five grand on a hotel. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to spend it on my new place <laughs> and on moving. And um, anyway. I, I got a call back from an apartment and they said, oh, well, we're not available, but call this other person. And I had such a bad attitude. I was like, you call the other person. I'm done <laughs> calling people. Why are you calling me back to tell me no, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, but something in my heart went ding. I can't say I heard from God, but I just, something in me knew, ah, this might be the father. So I called them and I left a voicemail and they called me back. And I just, before she could give me the spiel on the place, like, you know how they do, they, they talk yep. it up. I don't want to hear any of it. This is what I can afford. I need to have my three animals. I need to be in by Thursday. She's, she's paused. Mm. She goes, we can do that. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll take it. Don't give it to anybody. I was desperate. So I hung up the phone and I told the kids what we're doing. And they said, where are we moving mom? And I don't remember. I have to call her back. I didn't oh, even no. So I called her back and I found out the address and I found out also that she had knocked $300 off the monthly price for me. What? Because I told her that's what I could afford. So, and it's the nicest how, I mean, it's the nicest place I've ever lived and it's 50 square feet bigger than my house. And I, it's I seen beautiful. the picture. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful area. I'm actually paying less monthly because my two adult children also contribute to the rent and the um, utilities and things. And I'm actually have more income now living here in a nicer place. And so, wow. but I never would have been able to do it. And there's something my youngest son, his name's Caleb, what he said to me when I was trying to pack 11 years in five days, I had a lot of time to cry. I had a lot of time to be like, oh, oh my, my God, gosh. what are we going to bring? What am I not going to bring? What What's important? I'm going to forget something important. Yeah. And he said, mom, the last 11 years, this house has all been about has all been about holding on. Mom, can this next place be about letting go? Wow. Yeah, it was so prophetic, so prophetic. And so I took it like hit in my heart, and I said, "Yeah, I'm letting go. I'm letting go to your goodness. I'm letting go. I'm letting go of my fear. Mm. I'm letting go of any reservations I'd have about your love towards me that I had to hide. Because see, you understand, I I moved into this house, God's faithfulness, but I was also afraid. I was in a battered women's shelter when I moved yeah. in. I was holding on for dear life, holding on." To God's goodness, but now I'm letting go into the free fall of his goodness. <laughs>
<laughs> there's a difference there, right? Well, not yes. difference. It's just a different kind of the journey. You know, there's no good or it, bad it of is. it. It is. And so um, we were here in a week and um, we didn't have anybody to help us move. Thank God for Mormon missionaries, man. They showed up. Really? <laughs> my neighbor, my neighbor's a very dedicated Mormon. Wow. And my neighbor of my old neighbor, that's been like a grandma to my kids. And yeah. she, she cried. She was so sad to leave. Uh, and she couldn't help because she's very frail. And she's I wish I could help you pack, but I know what I can do. And she called up her missionary boys in, <laughs> in the little town I was in. And they loaded that thing up. Wow. And, um, and then she called and then they called up the missionary people in the new city I'm in and they showed up and <laughs> like, really? nice to meet you. And they three flights of stairs. I have 38 steps going upstairs. Boom, boom, boom. They loaded everything for free. Didn't even ask me to do a Bible study. It was great. I would have maybe. That but... is amazing, <laughs> isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? I know. It was beautiful. And uh, every day I feel like I'm in a dream. It's just so beautiful. We've been here two months and um, I love the city I'm in. I'm finding all, I'm meeting all kinds of new people, wow. new adventures. Um, so that was really special. And uh, that's been that's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. Letting go, letting go free falling into his goodness and not you know, being that's fearful. a place of maturity isn't it mm. in the respect it's similar but the yeah. difference is you kind of got to go through this first stage of um fearfulness mm. yeah till you get to the place where you've almost exhausted that yes right yeah and you yeah. go you know what there's got to be something better than this and then it's like a deeper place of intimacy Right. And then you're able to let go or mm. trust on a greater level. That's good. It kind of reminds me of like when my kids were little and they went through that clingy stage. Yeah. Where I could never I could never put them down. They were always grabbing onto my shirt, you know. Yeah. And then and then they matured to where I guess uh, child psychologists called it object permanence, where they know that even if I'm not in the room, I'm still there. See, they know it. that I'm coming back. And so then I know as a parent, I loved what I can put them down and they would go and explore, you know, toddle over somewhere and they'd come back and babble about all the things that they did. And then yeah. our relationship matured in that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such good. a great picture of mm. our walk with the Lord. We feel like sometimes that first stage um is wrong but it's part of no. letting go and letting yes. hold right yeah oh it's so good and, so and there's good. more but it, it continues like that and becomes greater and greater places of intimacy and a place of yeah. i mean i love that free falling that's really what it is is i used to say mm -hmm. you know when you can trust him like you jump out of an airplane without a chute and you just know he's got it right i mean in your yeah. brain you go no, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> oh, but that's and I, really what yeah. we do. That's what you just did. It is, and you know, I feel like. And I think I've he's always... hilarious. I got to say this. No, go ahead, please. I got to tell you, isn't he hilarious that he uses Mormons? I know it's great to bless you. <laughs> I mean, what does that say? You know, that's huge. I'm sure he's going to unpack so, that for you about yeah. how the love of God, you know, how he They're can innocent reach us. And beautiful. The, everybody, are, we've never met a person that hasn't been made righteous by Christ. Not everybody no, exactly. knows that. Yeah. But we've never met a person that hasn't been made righteous and perfect by Christ. And a side note, I, my oldest son is autistic. And if any of you have 
have family or friends or that are autistic, you know that they hate change most of the time. Mm. I mean, you can't put them all in a box, but they hate change. And I had been telling him for years, you know, we're going to have to move soon. I'm not sure. I mean, I was even thinking about buying it just for his sake because he was just talk about if I had a problem holding on, he was As doing it. Like, yes, it was it's <laughs> part of his nature even, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was his responsibility to clean out the sump pumps when they were clogging. And that's how we found out it wasn't water being pumped by the sump oh. pumps. It was other things being pumped, too. And um, so that was his. He had plastic bags around his shoes. and He's down Aww. there. And one day he comes up and he says, Mom, can we move? Wow. <laughs> and that was so we didn't have to worry about him uh, yeah, going feeling... into a meltdown, for yeah. instance. You know, yeah. um, it, and this is a side note. I just that's, I love how God takes care of those little things. He so gently leads us. I mean, oh. it felt jarring. So I, I want to tell the other side of the story. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't mm-hmm. know God was going to be faithful. I can't say that I was like, yes, I believe you. There was something in my heart that was, you know, Father, I know that you're good. Yeah. But um, it was not necessarily a fun thing. But I look back and it was so beautiful what an adventure kind of like a roller coaster (laughs) ride where you're like okay i feel like i just had a car wreck but i want to do it again you know yeah yeah (laughs) but not until after it all happened and cleaned up right (laughs) yes right yeah so good yeah the beauty is always 2020 but you see the faithfulness of god in the midst of that like um, um knowing that he is faithful and that all things work together for good they really do yes yes thank you father so good yeah yeah oh and i had just taken a work from home position as well so i was out of the office like two months before it was time for me to move so if i hadn't taken that work from home position i would have been in even tougher straits it's like I say I accidentally obey him all the time. <laughs> I love that. I yeah, love that. you know, like not that I don't want to obey him or I'm trying no, not no, to, no. but that it was kind of like, oops, Father, I totally fell into your will every single time. I fall into your just beautiful guidance. He knows exactly how to pull on those strings of our hearts and get us just where we need to be. And none of it's really on our shoulders. All we have to do is receive his love and enjoy the journey, like you would say, enjoy it. See that that's that place I believe of rest, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, when we so begin good. to rest in the reality, it's like I always say, you know, I had this decision. I was going somewhere. I was going to turn right at this street and go over here, but instead, for some reason, I went left, stopped at the variety store, and had a divine encounter. <laughs> there and it's you go. Like, How the heck did that happen? <laughs> it happened because God is a genius, and He works it all out. Mm-hmm. I have to learn to rest and go with what I'm sensing, and I'll be in the right place at the right time. Right. It, mm-hmm. it really, it, none of it is up to us. And that was a yep. huge revelation for me when, I mean, I understand that we partner with him, but even in that partnering, we're yeah. children at play. We're children yeah. at play. I'm not going to pretend to be anything more than that. It just works for me, and it works in my dynamic with the Father, you know. And, uh, I, I yeah. see this with my son. My son, uh, his son, is six, and mm. and he Matt is actually a better father than I am. Mm-hmm. Like because I had to learn it. I didn't have a father, so I had right. to learn it. Right, I understand that. But he had me, and so I got to. He got to be my learning 
right? Mm-hmm. That's but how our now kids are. Yeah. I see him with his son, and he'll be doing something, and his son will come to help him to do something. But he's so gracious that he just allows him to tinker away and even screw it up a little bit, whatever. Right. And he just he he's there encouraging him in it all and that's kind of the way i see us with god right is is god is so far he's all-knowing so he knows yet he involves us (laughs) right yeah so i'm like that i like my son's uh son colton i'm I'm tinkering around doing this thing, thinking I'm doing something great for God. And God's going, that's nice, son. You're doing a great job, right? And he's just cleaning it up as we go. Right. I I like to imagine how, you know, that I don't remember the context of the story. So forgive me if I get the background wrong. But, you know, the disciples or people were, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And they're all kind of posturing. As we do as humans, yeah. we posture because it comes out of a place of insecurity, a place of, am I really loved? Am I really accepted? Am I really where I need to be in God? So we mm. need that affirmation, especially from other people. Like, And it's not necessarily a healthy thing. No. And so we're like, uh, who's the greatest, Jesus? Who's the greatest? And Jesus like grabs this kid that's probably like, I picture his hair's all tussled and he's been got dirt <laughs> on his face. And he's like, has that dumb look in his eyes like Whoa. and yeah. Jesus is like be like this kid and these kids like <laughs> I just like I picture that <laughs> like the child is living in the moment the child's not thinking about what great thing they got to be in a hurry to get done or what next project they need to complete so they can finally feel like they accomplished something the child feels accomplished right now because it has nothing to prove yeah and he says, "Be unless you become like one of these, dirt across his face, his hair's all tussled, probably has jam from lunch on his chin. I don't know. <laughs> Just I picture that, and that's mm-hmm. how I relate with the father. Like it's okay that I don't know anything, because I know all things from the function of the Holy One. Yeah. And I accidentally just do what I'm." what 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 is feels good like we were talking before the broadcast you know why people Mm -hmm. do what they do and we like to you know there is something to be said about faithfulness and about perseverance i'm not putting that down but i wouldn't ever it's a beautiful thing and actually it's it's something very important it's part of the fruit of the spirit i think long suffering or Mm -hmm. fruit of the spirit anyway um but bottom line is it's never going to get done unless we enjoy it yeah and how do we enjoy it we do it in his love so it's enjoying him isn't it yes the journey is about becoming awakened and aware yeah to the all-encompassing presence of the unconditional love of god that's Mm. tangibly an experience And when you begin to experience it, it just grows. (laughs) It was always there for you. You're just unaware. You become more and more aware. And that is the journey of awakening that you are loved. He Mm. is in charge. He is with you. You can rest in him. I live, like you said, I live and move and have my being in him. Yes. So good. Whoa. Yeah. Even that, you can just sense right now, right? Yeah. His presence Mm -hmm. all over that because that's us. All it is is us um, 
turning our attention right. upon him. And as soon <laughs> as you do, that's part of being aware, consciously aware. And then all of a sudden you go deeper into those loving arms that are always there. Mm. Always there. <laughs> and like your journey, mm -hmm. that move, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even the first one. Yes, the, the first, first one. Yes. When you see that, you had to walk it out um, for, a, a, what, was it almost a year? He gave you the word, but then it took how long before you oh, actually accessed it? Because you were with oh. your for your father's your my, children's, my children's father. father. Yeah, I got married in um, 98, I think it was. Mm. And so it was in 98, right before our wedding, probably about, we were only engaged like four months. So okay. I'd say between that, I saw the house and my friend moved in and she lived there for quite a while. And I just gave it up. I'm not going to say I held on to a word because I was like, well, I missed that one. You oh, know, really? you're allowed to miss it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because we bought, we bought two or three houses in our marriage and we moved all over the place in the area, within the area, within the county we were in. Yeah. Um, we never moved out of that area, but we moved all over. And um, I just forgot all about it, to be honest with you. It wasn't, and I knew that's where she lived and I knew that she had since moved out. Mm. But um, when I, when I saw the address on the Craigslist ad, I just went to the address and then I saw the house. I went, oh my gosh, this is my friend's old house. This is the house I thought I was going to move into before I ever walked down the aisle. And so mm -hmm. God knew yeah. before I ever walked down the aisle, I was going to live there. He knew I was going to raise my children there, even without, I didn't know it was without my husband, right. but I did it. And so I love even that, you know, and I hope that just encourages people. If you're listening today yeah. and you've gone through a divorce and you feel like a failure, I just feel that on my heart right now. Yeah. I just want to let you know that sometimes it's not a divorce. Sometimes it's an exodus mm. and it's time for the promised land for you. That's good. And the father knows your every step and he says, it's all good. So he good. says, it's all good. And you're all good. You're a good <laughs> child. You're a good son. You're a good daughter. And you're all good in the center of his perfect family, the Trinity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, so powerful. We live and move and have our being in Whoa. him. Yeah. If you really think about that, it's just um, coming to the realization of the reality of that, right? Right. So good. So then your life, like your your whole story you told. And I know in our mm -hmm. own lives, we were in this situation where we were having to move from a house we'd been in for nine years with our kids. We were in no place to, uh, well, we didn't realize we, we'd been renting and we were going to look to buy. Things were really expensive and there's no way we could do this. But right. what I didn't realize was. Um, I first, I went, like you went through a long time and I went, looked at, I don't know, I felt like a thousand houses. At least, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the whole beginning was, um, well, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I was a little too high. So then I went a bit lower, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then realized I still couldn't go there. And then God intervened with somebody to help us out. And then um, the weird part about it is one year before... I'm, I'm dropping somebody off that worked with Susan and she lived in the semi and uh, we were at Christmas, a mm -hmm. Christmas banquet and we went out for a drink and then we took her home. And so we're pulled up in front of her house and we were at this point, we didn't know what was about to hit us. Mm. Right. Yeah. 
and I said, um, as we were dropped her off, she got out, and those houses were about six years old, I think. And mm. uh, Susan and I said, "Wow, it'd be really nice to live over here. That'd be a nice house, <laughs> right?" Yes. Not thinking anything, went on. Situation happens. We go through all these houses, and then, if I don't end up in that very semi beside that girl, I love we it. We bought it. It, it came up, the situation happened, and ended up moving into that house. So I said to the Lord, you know what? Wouldn't it have been nice, Lord, if you told me, save me going through the thousand houses, right? Like you said about the child, though, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Needing to know you were there. There's a process, and I had there to is. go through it. Um, so it was like I went through this mm-hmm. process only to come back to the very thing God knew a year later, you're going to move in here. Yeah. And he did it. And um, another story similar was when I was driving down the road one day in the time I was going through the thousand houses, mm-hmm. the Lord, and literally it was a lot of houses, man. I never wanted to go to another I know, You get so life. sick of them after yeah. that. It's just like hope deferred, hope deferred, hope deferred. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving down the road, and this is what he says to me. He says, John, he goes, <clears throat> uh, what house would you like? You can have any house <laughs> in the city you want. Now, where I was at mm-hmm. in my faith, I still was working out the numbers. Mm-hmm. So I realized I can't go there. That's not happening. And what do you mean? Why well, somebody's living in that house? Right. You know what I'm saying? But now where I am today, mm-hmm. I understand what he was doing. Right. He was bringing me to a place to understand all things are possible to him who believes. It wasn't about the house. It was about me opening up to the reality of those hands, of those arms holding me. And that just like he got me in that house, just like that, he can do anything, you know? And so for me, it's it's not about the house. It's about face-to-face with Yeshua. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. Coming into that place of, we talked about the dance. Mm Mm-hmm in the middle of the trinity right right that's what i was created for (laughs) yes that's what i'm to awaken to yes and not to and to persevere like you said to persevere and not give up because he says he gives us the desires of our heart so he put this desire in me only to fulfill it or i wouldn't have it Yes. You see? So no, I know it's right. <laughs> I wouldn't have this desire if I if he didn't put it there. So yeah. therefore I know it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of the perseverance, not giving up, heart deferred, that scripture, heart deferred caused the heart to grow sick. But the finished part of that scripture, which I never knew, thirty some years in my Christianity, mm. quoting that scripture and everybody quotes it, I never for some reason read the end of the same scripture the very same scripture goes on and says hope realized is the tree of life hallelujah that's it and that's it i think that's why many of us don't let go is because we only know that first part of that scripture yeah we don't know the second part and the second part it happens in the letting go and um which is what you learned 
what you just I, talked about. And I learned it, but I learned it through grace. I, I can't say that I came up with the gumption myself. It mm. He has a way of winning our hearts and a way of just continually wooing us <laughs> into that place. And it's like, I think what he, he does in these little, as we go on this journey where we hold on to his cloak, you know, when we're little, like a little child. And then we yeah. realize that if, if we're not, we don't see him with our eye at that time. We know he's just a second away, you know? Yeah. And then we, then we grow from there and we learn that in him, we live, move and have our being. And then we grow from there and we realize we've never once ever been separated. No. And, and then, then we realize we have the mind of Christ and it just, it, this gospel never, ever gets boring. I could never burn out on the gospel of Christ, no. ever. I I don't ever want to be enamored by anything else but Christ and him crucified. It's 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 the meat. Yeah. It's not milk. It's the meat. And it's yeah. what causes us to grow. And so many things get unveiled. And, um, yeah, it's just gorgeous. I love yeah. it. <laughs> There's a thing that I've learned or he's been carrying me through is that there's three gospels. It's mm. funny, the trinities, there's so many trinities and they yeah. all picture, they all take you to the same place once you begin to see it. And the three gospels are, there's the gospel of salvation, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then there's an everlasting gospel. And the everlasting gospel is a gospel that never changes. Mm -hmm. It has always been, it is, and it always will be. It's always there. It's a gospel of spirit. And that's where we, what you just took that journey as a child, mm -hmm. is you're, you're, you're traveling into that which already is the right. everlasting gospel yes. of who he is and who you are. Right. And then when you <laughs> access it, it, it's like, it's it's now right for you so i've i've, I've kind of looked at it like this jesus he comes into the outer court by what i mean by that is he becomes mortal mm -hmm. and he enters the world of um three dimension or the world of matter the fallen world slowed mm -hmm. down yeah right so matter Einstein says matter doesn't exist. It's only slowed down spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the spirit slowed down. He enters into it, which is mortal because it's a place, yes. of, place of death and decay. And then he comes and he's, he, he leads us by faith to the door, that's him, and brings you to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of hope, faith, hope. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit then begins to take you um, through a mixture. Mm. This is Romans chapter 7, Romans 6, Romans 7. So in Romans 7, you have um, the Holy Spirit and your carnal mind. And the Holy Spirit's speaking to us, and that's where we get all these, there's gifts, there's this, there's that, and he's leading us. But this is a bit of a journey. And as we go through this, which is where I believe all that I know of the church in the Western world is, including mm -hmm. myself. Yes. Now, I've moved a long ways from where I was, but I'm on that journey. Mm 
Right. So then you're going through this and it says that the veil, the second veil, nobody told me about this in my Christian walk either, that the second veil remains as long as that temple is still standing. So as mm. long as you're in the carnal mind, mm. you can't access the Father, the hmm. fullness. With or, your car because you can't access it with your carnal mind anyway. That's it. That's right. it. So he leads you to this place. Remember, um, ask, seek, knock. Now you're knocking at this door, this final door where the Holy Spirit's brought you. And when the veil's removed, Mm. That's when you access the everlasting gospel, which is life, which is Zoe life, the Father, incorruptible, indestructible. It is Abba, the fullness of the Trinity. Right. The dance of the Trinity is in the Spirit, which mm. is here now. But it's us making this journey to a place nearby that when we get there, we realize we've always been. We're in Eden right, right now. Right, that's it. We never yeah. left. It's only never in our left. minds that there's a veil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The veil doesn't even really exist. No. But mm -hmm. we put it up there. <laughs> Almost to protect us from this all-consuming love, I think, yes. sometimes. Because this love, it, it, it doesn't, how do I say this? It consumes you. I, I used to say it demands surrender, but it does never demands anything. It's just you have no choice but to. Yeah. Once it comes to you, you have no, there's, he, what's the Ruined word? He, by love. he inspires you to just mm. open it all up. It's not a demand. It's, it's an inspiration that comes upon it, like a memory. Oh, this is who I am. Do this in remembrance of me. me. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeshua. <laughs> so, so there's these things as well. Another Trinity, which mm. uh, is. They're eons. Mm. There's the present age. The word for age is eon. So mm -hmm. you use the yeah. English. It's the present age, which is the outer court. It's okay. present when you at, you start the walk. Then there's the age during. That's the mixture when the Holy Spirit's leading you. You have a lot of hope, but you're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so he leads, and then he leads you to the age to come, mm -hmm. which already is. It's right. it's your age to come. There are people like Enoch that already access the age to come, which is the seventh day, the perfect day, the um, <clears throat> fullness of the day. They're always the same same meaning, but it's a different reference point to this place as well as it exists in the world. In, in history, um, <clears throat> those ages are, I don't, they're in God's timing, and I don't know how that actually works. They figure around 2,200 years or something. But all I know is there was the age of the ram where they were crucifying an animal, mm -hmm. right? Like Abraham. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the age of the ram and then jesus shows up and it was the end of the age we yeah. were moving into what the piscean age the age of the fish yes so jesus is a shift 
in age, in eon. And it's funny, at that time in history, people thought it was the end of the world. Yeah, that's true. They were saying, well, Jesus, can you tell us? What will the end be? He says, well, if you've been to the beginning, you understand the end. He's, he's telling them it's not the end of the world. It's the end of an age. Yes. But they couldn't see. And same thing's happening now. Everybody's yeah. on this thing about the end of the world, but it's not. It's the end of the age. Mm -hmm. We're leaving the Piscean age and accessing the age of Aquarius, <laughs> which is the pouring out of yes. that that vase right that woman with the vase mm -hmm. which is also the feminine so there's all this stuff going on in the world right now for those that have eyes to see and god's waking them up to what he's doing and uh the everybody's connected to the mind calendar there's no more you know the end of the 2000s the end of the computer it's all gonna mm -hmm. crash mm -hmm. it's all the end of the world it's the end of the world when all it was is the yes. same as when jesus was here the end of an age right so you got you see where it is he's yeah. telling us mm -hmm. that that's going on but there's also for you individually right it's personal into the age to come so we can call the age to come into the now yes that's it mm -hmm. as we press through in that place of uh living and moving and have our being in him and accessing what's already ours and i think a good point to remember on the journey is that you're not walking it alone yeah you have the guide you have holy spirit you have your father you have your brother jesus yeah you've got all the guides you need and so mm -hmm. sometimes i think i'll just speak for myself i've seen this journey as a lonesome walk where you know i mean i might have some buddies with me that are in the same place i'm in and we're all walking this journey and that's helpful mm. but it's not nearly as helpful as when you can like i, I call it like a cheat like my my kids play video games they've got these cheat codes so they can skip ahead yeah i feel like we've got cheat codes <laughs> with the father where we can just take a drink and taste of that age to come yeah taste of what it really is and remember oh yeah this is part of that journey and but yeah we're not alone uh we're we can we can be in the center of exact of all of his goodness all of his love just drinking in his love drinking in his faithfulness and how he declares us righteous and perfect right now even yeah. when we don't feel it even when we don't know it even when we still feel like there's a veil there or there's a doubt there none of that shakes him at all it's yeah. so he's because he's he, we're, we're there we're seated in heavenly places right already with him but at the same time we're walking out this love journey with him as well and um i think i can't help but just think that it all has to do with relationship he just really enjoys us yeah he just can't wait every, you know mm -hmm. I, I i had a little bit of a time teaching you know every i taught preschool and then i also taught adult basic edu education during college right. helping adults who had fallen through the cracks get their ged and it happens it looked exactly the same as when you teach a little kid they're up there how to spell their name they get yeah. that tickle in their belly like <gasps> you know and yeah, adults yeah. when they finally figure out an algebra equation <gasps> I think I got it, you know, and there's mm. that tickle that happens and that realization that happens. And I don't know what it is, but I always connect that the joy I felt as a teacher with how Holy Spirit must feel 
when all of a sudden it clicks with us. Mm. Like, oh, I love it. I'm so glad I got to be here with you, Shakira, when that came. I'm so glad I get to enjoy this moment. Don't we don't you love enjoying this moment together with us, you know? Where, oh, you love me. I mean, you really love me. Mm. Wow. Mm. You mean right now, like this second, like mm. all of your love? I don't have to arrive. I don't have to work through some of my stuff right now. I'm perfect. Whoa. I mean, I could sit in that for eons as well. (laughs) And that is, that's the journey. The journey is celebrating the destination while you're on it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Calling those things not as though they are. Right. And, you were talking earlier about you, you stirred something in me. Mm. I just want to share it. You were talking mm. earlier about how God said you can have anything you want here. What do you want? Yeah. And I think it goes from when we're that little kid holding on to our parents' shirt, you know, don't let me go, don't let me go, mm. to realizing that there aren't his arm is not too short to save. And really along this journey, it's not so much that that we mature or that he gets more faithful. It's that we realize how faithful he's already been. We realize how long his arm is, how long his patience is, Mm. how great his love is. Um, I already said this quote to you earlier Mm. about C.S. Lewis with Mm -hmm. Lucy, but she had not been in Narnia for a while and she came back and she had grown into a woman, like a young woman. And she's looking at this lion. And I think in her mind, like we expect, well, I'm going to be bigger than this lion now because I've gotten them to be taller. Yeah. But Aslan was even bigger. She's well, she said, Aslan, you've grown. And he goes, as you grow, I grow. And that's the journey. That's yeah. the journey. That is the journey, isn't it? Mm. So good. Wow. So, uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it is about the dance, isn't it? Oh, the goodness. I just There's love. been a few guys that have I've had experiences where, um, like Bob Jones, where mm. you know the Lord said to him, "Have you uh, learned to love?" Mm, yes. And so I think that's what you're talking about. I think you're talking about the so. fact that why are we here? I think we're here to make a choice for love. Yes. Right. It's not about being um, doing all the right things, but it's about re- receiving and giving. Love. Of love, yes. unconditionally. Being a good receiver of his love for us and everything we mm. do comes out of that overflow. Everything we do. Yeah. You know, I came from a very dysfunctional family. I think most of us can say, you know, like you you had to learn how to be a dad. I had to learn how to yeah. be a mom. I cut my teeth on my kids. Thank God that they yeah, still I, love me. They, they're and still alive. They, they're still alive and they, yeah. they rised up and they called me blessed. I'm all hey. the grace of God, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I don't even know how it all happened, but I'm thankful for it. I'm very thankful. And so, but, you know, I didn't, didn't feel like I had an example, so I had to cut my own example out, you know, roughly yeah. with some dull scissors, you know, but yeah. we do our best. And, um, but, you know, I just recently had come to the realization, it's a s- simple one. I can't say it's some great revelation, but it's rocking my world, so I'll share it. Yeah. That I have the best father, mother, and older brother in the entire world. I come from the most functional, healthy family <laughs> you could ever imagine. I have the best dad. Oh, see, I never got to say this. I had friends. I had the best parents. They were awesome. And I there was always this 
orphan feeling in my the pit of my stomach, like a deep wound in my heart. Like, well, I didn't, I didn't have good parents. I didn't have good siblings, you know? Yeah. And so I would seek it out you know, and, and find unhealthy relationships because I didn't know how, how else to have those things, you know. And yeah. then, you know, I'd also seek out good friends too, but they didn't seem to really get to what needed to be gotten to, you know. And just recently I came to this revelation that I have a father and he's not just any father, he's the best father ever. And he enjoys me and he's raised me my whole life. And I have a mother, Holy Spirit, that rejoices over me, that coos and awes over me, that that I can't ever do anything wrong. All she mm. all she ever does is convict me of how righteous I am. Yeah. All she That's ever does crazy. is tells me how loved I am and how proud she brags about me all the time. And my dad, his eyes light up every time he sees me. And my older brother, man, he has protected me. He has kept me. He goes with me everywhere to make sure that I'm safe and that he's always giving me great advice because he's been there before. And you know how the little kid in the family always gets spoiled? That's me. I'm the youngest wow. and wow. I always get spoiled by my mom and dad and little brother, my older brother. So wow. That's that so good. coming from a, that place in my identity is that I'm in the family. I finally found where I belong. This That's is my it, family. This is our wow. family. And every it goes for everybody. That is your family. And from that place is where all your family on earth will come from. From the place of being centered in the smack dab middle of the love of the Trinity. And also, my mother and father love each other. They can't get enough of each other. My older yeah. brother, they're, they're constantly gazing at each other, talking about how in love with each other they are, how wonderful, <laughs> how much they just, like, it's like the most perfect Christmas holiday. Like, if you could take Hallmark Christmas movies and put them on steroids, it's like that. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. So beautiful. That is amazing, yes. that That is really a mm -hmm. great picture of that. And once that reality settles into your heart, like you're talking about, yeah, that's the unconditional love. Yeah. And then you're able to give it away. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Others, because you want them to yes. be aware of who yes. their mom and their dad and their older brother is. <laughs> yes. Because they feel like orphans. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. No, nobody's nobody, even people who've had great parents. We all feel that way. We all feel like love is conditional. Um, because it feels safer than love that is not conditional. <laughs> and yeah. so he wins us over. And I think like you were saying, this journey of holding on and letting go, it, it's, yeah. there's nothing wasted. There's, I just, and I guess I'm speaking to my own heart when I say, you can't mess it up. You didn't, you're not doing anything wrong on this journey. You're, you're right where you need to be. The father, the mother, your older brother they love you and they yeah. are so loving being on this journey with you that's so good and you've had something pretty crazy happen to you recently you oh yeah about that so it's like um, god's it's like god <laughs> taking what you're talking about and then bringing reconciliation into your life so and it's just crazy, beautiful guys. so crazy so I grew up, um, I'm my mother's firstborn child. She had me when she was 19, and she was severely abused as a child. She ran away at 15 due to uh, sexual assault and abuse happening in multiple places in her family, not just mm. one person. And um, 
as you do when you're so hurt and wounded, you you turn to substances and other things. And so to support herself, she did what she knew how to do. And that was she became a, a prostitute. And so at 19, um, and I just want to preface my mother has is amazing. She ended up getting her bachelor's in computer science. And wow. uh, she uh, yeah, she she put herself through college. She's probably the reason I was able to put myself through college. She was a great example on how to be a mom and work in college. So I learned a lot from how she did it and her mistakes and I knew what not to do on my end and stuff. So it was just great. I mean, I'm really thankful for being able to, as a young girl, watch my mother put herself through college. And so she was one of the very first women to become a computer programmer and a systems analyst in Boeing in the Washington area. Yes. And so, and that was in the, in the eighties, late eighties, early nineties, when, um, computers were just brand new you brand know new. and so she jumped into that field with both feet and now she's retired and happy and uh-huh. but okay so she's 19 and she mm. gets pregnant with me she's just one of her customers and um she doesn't know the man on my birth certificate was her pimp at the time so oh, geez, eh? a, a black and korean man i'm sure he was fine but it's not somebody <laughs> i kind of want on my birth certificate so no. I, I and then my mother married a man um and he raised me until i was 15 and they were divorced um and i have two older siblings that he already had and then i have a younger brother a half brother so i grew wow. up in an african-american family and um my mom and i were the only white people <laughs> wow. and 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 so um i it's as embarrassing as it is i think i was probably 10 or 11 before i realized they weren't my biological family um it, mostly through kids at school <laughs> telling <Yeah>. me <laughs> i was like what do you mean what do you mean <laughs> I, I remember I used to love my sister. She had the most beautiful, she still does, has the most beautiful ebony skin. She's uh-huh. in her 50s. You wouldn't know it. She looks younger than me, that woman. Oh, my gosh. So, mm. um, and I used to wish I looked like my family. I always longed to look like my family, and I don't look like my mom at all. And um, so I always felt, and then on top of that, I got saved at five years old and filled with the Holy Spirit, which I think in one way was a hook in my jaw. You know, mm. it kept me going. It, I was always hungry for the things of God. From I can't remember not being. Wow. And um, so my mother didn't even know she was pregnant with me. And uh, she was on heroin. And she thought that uh, she was withdrawing from heroin. And she went to the hospital to help them, you know, give her medication. <laughs> and they said, um, you're, you, you might be withdrawing, but you're also having a baby. And I was born at 30 weeks gestation, oh 10 gosh. weeks early, two pounds, eight ounces. And so, and I just happened to be born at at Seattle Student Hospital. And I was told this later on in life that in the mid 70s, which is when I was born, it was leading the nation in preemie care. So who, I mean, really, seriously, my (laughs) mother's a homeless prostitute, you know, thinking that she's withdrawing and wanting some methadone or whatever they are going to give her for the withdrawals. And finding out she's going to have a baby and she had me very fast. And um, so all that to say, I've always wondered about my biological father. Mm. And, um, you know, you wonder all kinds of things growing up, you know, and my mom and my mom. I think in her effort to try to tell, give me an answer, she'd come up with one story and another story, and another <laughs> story, you know, Oh, he's this rich man that lives in Germany. I mean, she'd just come up with all kinds of interesting things. Yeah. 
And um, she has an interesting relationship with the truth, which we all do when we haven't really come to the knowledge of the truth. We, we kind For of, sure. we flirt with it because we're afraid because we That's don't know we're good. loved in the middle of it. Yeah. And so um, when DNA tests became a thing, I took all of them. I, I think I took five or six commercial DNA tests, my heritage, uh, ancestry, 21 and me, and about a couple others that aren't really that popular. And I met a third cousin who is a retired, he calls himself a recovering attorney, which is funny. He's retired from, <laughs> from being an I attorney like for the, for the um, federal government, actually, in D.C. And now he's a genealogist full time. And he's, he uh, uh, maps out the family line. And he goes, hey, you're my third cousin. And I said, hey, third cousin, that's great. But I want to know my dad. Do you know who my dad is? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And he says, I'm going to help you find her, him. And so with his help over a period of about four or five years, and a lot of that time, I can't say, I just kind of tried to stay neutral. Well, I matched with my aunt on my dad's side earlier last year. And I wrote a letter to both mm. of her brothers saying, one of you is my dad. Which oh one is gosh. it going to be? I didn't say it like that. No, but no. I did. I wrote a letter with a picture included. I Oh, my God. Can you imagine what it's like to pick out a picture that you're going to send to your dad no. and your uncle? <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm a woman and I've got my share of selfies. But, like, which one do you pick? Yeah. You know, I just – it was – it pulled on all the daddy wounds in me. Like, will he like this one? Will he oh. like this one? Will he like this one? And I just didn't know which one to pick. So I just kind of closed my eyes and pointed one and sent it in and and no response from the letter, zero response. And so I work at a law firm and uh, we're, we know how to do background checks. And I thought, you know, it's probably a good idea for me to just do a background check on these people, yeah. you know, but especially before I pursue anymore. And one of them uh, was arrested for solicitation of a prostitute at 15. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought... Hmm. I think I have a winner here. Yeah, I think so. so. No. <laughs> and um, anyway, I also researched him, and he had been married to the same woman for 43 years. And um, he got married shortly after I was conceived. Um, wow. Shortly after. And he has two sons. And so I kind of had a thought, and even my cousin was thinking, I think it's this one. I think it's this one. And so um, – Anyway, uh, on Easter, the two brothers got in a fight over who was going to take the DNA test. Well, I forgot to tell you, I had called them and tried oh. to reach out like, hey, this is the person that sent you the letter. I am a real person. Oh, it was hard. Neither one of them wanted to. It was a shock. They didn't know I existed. I had been looking for them their whole lives. They didn't know that I was. They didn't know, know anything. So just just a pro tip. Remember that if you ever want to reach out to a family member and you're looking for them, they might not even know you exist. So just give them some time. Mm. And so um, he decided to take the DNA test, the one that I had suspected was my dad. And he took it, and then he found out on his 71st birthday that he has a daughter. Oh, my gosh. He told me, he said, I woke up that morning, and I just knew something good was going to happen. And um, so I just happened to have been flying to Seattle to visit with some friends. It was totally not planned. And I said, you know, you're in the Seattle area. Um, I'm coming out to the Seattle area to visit with some friends. Would you like to meet me? And him and his wife met me at a restaurant. Oh my and God. talk about the daddy wounds again. Cause I'm like, what should I wear? What do I, how do I, you know, and something in me just said, 
just be yourself. So I didn't do my hair. I mean, I brushed it. Yeah, yeah. But I like I didn't do anything fancy. I didn't put makeup on. I literally wore my Converse and a sweatshirt. Uh, so I just jeans and a sweatshirt. I was who I would be. I said, I'm going to dress the way I would if I had known in my whole life. Wow. So I walk into the restaurant and I am scared because he, you know, what's going to well, happen? Don't know. What's going to be said? And my friends that drove me to the restaurant, they're praying for me the whole time, praying in tongues and, and just mm-hmm. blessing me. And I'm worshiping to like, some, yeah. I don't know, Carrie Job's song about God. I don't know. It was just, I'm, we're trying, I'm really nervous, but I'm just soaking in his love because anything could happen. Oh. Who is this man? I don't even know him. You didn't know if you're going to get rejected or embraced. I had no idea. I, I mean, they're willing to meet with me, but they're very nervous. And Plus um, all your feelings, all the stuff for your whole life is my, bubbling. Right. My whole life of, do I have a dad? Does he love me? Does he want me? Oh. Am I wanted? I mean, my mom didn't plan my pregnancy. I was born addicted to heroin. She didn't even know she was pregnant with me, you know, and then the, and then, you know, being in a religious church as a young person and finding out that I was conceived that way. And I hear these people, oh, my granddaddy was a preacher. My granddad was a preacher, you know, and just feeling like my lineage wasn't up to par as far as being useful in the kingdom. I know that sounds silly, but there are people that really tout that kind of thing. Yes. And so your lineage is in the Trinity, just so you know. (laughs) Um. And so anyway, I walk into the, it was the worst Sherry's I've ever eaten at, but the worst, the worst, best meal of my life. <laughs> the worst, and best so, meal. And so the best, worst meal, I guess. Is yes, that's it. It. Anyway, um, I walk in and he stands up. It's an old man, 71. He stands up and he goes, you sent me the wrong pictures. And I went, what? And I walk in and he goes, you look so much better in person. Wow. And I almost cried. I almost, I was like, thank you. And I, and his <laughs> wife, his, her, his wife, her eyes were like saucers. She, and I'm sitting next to her and she's literally staring a hole into my head. Like <laughs> she just won't stop staring at me. And, um, literally she was like, it was like saucers. And, and I said, what do you mean? My pictures? He, I said, I tried to send good ones, you know, and he goes, you sent me like your driver's license photos. He goes, You're a beautiful girl. <laughs> and I never imagined that, that he wow. would say something or anybody. And I just instantly, I can't, I felt at ease. And then he looks at his wife and he goes, well, honey, you always wanted a daughter. So here you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, um, I could bring up a picture. I don't know if you can see it, but um, we look identical. Um, if wow. you were to, um, if you were to take me and put me in the body of an old man, <laughs> <laughs> um, we 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 stand alike. When we were talking, I noticed that we were we folded our hands exactly the same way. Oh my god! We have okay. same interest in music. Same interest in. Oh my gosh, just so many things. I was going to bring up a picture. If you don't, maybe maybe it might work. I don't know, but we'll we see. Try. We can try. Let's yeah. see if this works. Nope, it's not going to work. You guys will just, just have to message me. It. T- try tilting it. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. I think if you tilt the top down. Yeah, it's not no. going to work. Nope. No. Just message me. I'm happy to send it to you. But so, yes. He looks like you. Or he, you look like him, actually. Well, you you saw the picture, John. Yes, you saw. yes. It was, and um, 
so his wife, her eyes really big. She goes, you look just like his sister, Kathy, and you look just like him when he was younger. And um, there are things about me that were different from my family. I mean, growing up in an African-American family, and I will say that, that we never used the word step or half-brother or stepsister or stepdad. It was That's always cool. mom, dad. No, there was no, wow. which is probably what perpetuated the fact that I didn't realize <laughs> 11 or 12. Uh-huh. You ever seen the movie, The Jerk by Steve? Yeah, Martin? I was going to mention it too. No, yeah. I literally watched that <laughs> hiding behind a blanket. Like, oh my God, that's my life. It really was. It really yeah. was. So why can't you get this a... beat down? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I went to an all black church with my dad and uh. it was great. So, um, but yeah, being in a room, this is what I wanted to talk about yeah. being in a room with somebody who has the same features as you is surreal. If you've never experienced it, you won't know, you know, how special it is. But I mean, if you've always experienced it, you won't know how special it is. But, you know, I had never, ever felt that. Like we folded our hands the way we were talking, the way we moved our head. Uh, It was really surreal, really just a sensation I was very unfamiliar with. And then I thought about, how isn't that how it is when we look at the father see he wants us to see ourselves the same way look at you have my eyes well when i was younger and i used to pray about my birth father i'd say i wish i knew what he looked like if i could just know what he looked like then i wouldn't feel all alone i wouldn't feel so outside of the camp so to speak i don't even know i'm still processing it all guys this just happened memorial day weekend but the lord said to me once shakira you have my eyes and so when I looked at my birth father, I saw I had his eyes. And I know that there's similarities there where we have our father's eyes. We have his smile. We have his voice. Mm. We have his heart for other people. We have his love. And guess what? The things I enjoy, my my birth father enjoys too. We've, we, we've been on the phone a couple of times now, like two, three hours. He talks a lot. I thought I could talk. He can really <laughs> talk. He's been doing it longer. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it, it was such a beautiful moment and, um, I know it'll just continue. And since then his brother's family has reached out to me Wow! and, um, they want to be friends. And so they're all musical. They're all oh left-handed, just like me. I was the only left-handed in my family and I'm the only one I know in my family on my mom's side that plays piano or guitar or sings a little bit. And all of his family is musical. My, I have cousins that actually teach music for a living. Um, just there's it's an just so adventure many. you're about it, to be on. Eh? It is really neat. So I'll have to come back and tell you more. But I know the father's continually um, unveiling that over and over again. And my um, my oldest son is actually only seven years younger than his uncles. Mm. <laughs> and so he likes to call them his older brothers. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they have a lot in common. They all love the same things, too. And so they're super. Wow. One of them is actually autistic, just like my son. Oh, my gosh. And so um, and they have similar interests. So this is this is going to be a really neat thing. A life changer. Um, it is. It is. And because for him, too. Finding your roots. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that the shame that I, I, I felt on him when I first told him, because he, yeah. he had said to me on the phone, he goes, well, you know, my brother, Jimmy, he was better with the ladies. I wasn't much of a ladies man back then. And I had to be honest. It said my mom was not a date. She was more than likely a transaction. And he got real quiet. Oh. <laughs> 
I did. I said that to him. <laughs> I, wanted, I just wanted to get to the chase because yeah. I'd already known that he had been convicted of this. And so yeah. I just, I part of me was like, just admit it already. <laughs> Your sister is my aunt. One of you is it, you know, come yeah. on. But I was thankful when he did take the test. And I think that shame that he was feeling yeah. lifted off of him when he saw me. Yeah. And, and he, how much you embraced him as well. Oh yeah. And he, he liked my converse. He goes, I have those shoes at home. He says, no way. he goes, I should have worn them. We would have had matching kicks. He used the word kicks, even, oh. which I thought was cute. <laughs> and so he, he said, yeah, yeah, no, he, he was Isn't very, very happy. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now what's really blows my mind about this mm. is the fact that we received the blood of Jesus, which is his DNA. Whew. It's his code, the code. And so all you're explaining <laughs> is who we are in the Father. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, John. That's it. Yes. It's just like when we see him, he will fold his hands like you. Yes. Yes. He will smile like you, yes. and his heart will be like yours, because we are reflections of him. And that's our problem, is we don't see. We're blind, yeah. so we don't see in each other yes. the Father. But he is, Jesus called him sacred unity, yes. because we all are the multi-membered body and God dwells in us revealing himself. So he reveals himself in a way through you that he doesn't through me. But the fact is I get to see him through you. And as we do this, as we begin to see and understand this, that's how we get mm -hmm. to the place of unconditional love for one another. We see So good. Oh, that's beautiful. And I think that God is, is such a beautiful journey that you're on with your earthly father. But I think that God mm -hmm. is unveiling to you something powerful about God the Father that yes. you've desired to know. Yes. Yeah. You've desired to know. And you, you have spoke about it earlier in pieces. Mm -hmm. And then this is actually the unfolding revelation okay. of what he's doing in you. Because this right. is what the world needs to know, right? Right. Is that whatever I do to the least of these, I do unto him. He literally right. meant oh, it. yes, yes. When you've seen me, hey, Philip, how long have I been with you? And you don't understand when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. <laughs> it, it's this place we're going, this place of love, this place mm. of of the love of God shed abroad in us isn't words. It's an experience of ecstasy beyond our understanding. Yes. Like you didn't get to see your earthly father your whole life. Mm -hmm. And here you are walking into this restaurant, <laughs> terrified right. on one hand and excited on the other because it's been a desire deep inside you, a need mm -hmm. of even brokenness looking. Right. And here this moment is coming upon you yeah. And it's unbelievable. What do you think it's going to be like when that veil rips? Whoa. <laughs>
Yeah. It's kind of terrifying and yet at the same time <laughs> exhilarating because that's our desire. I feel like part of us knowing the father is knowing how he feels about us too, you know, but I saw a little bit of it lift mm. when my, when my birth father said to me, you sent me the wrong pictures. That wow. to me, that was a very prophetic thing because oftentimes we go to the father with what we think we look like or what other people say we look like those moments in time. Those mm. moments in time that, well, well, I did this really good thing. So that picture of me, I'm going to send up to oh, you. That's good, or that's or I, I really did something really very not good. And so I'm taking this picture and I'm yeah, giving it to it you. Yeah, take it away. Yeah. Or I'm just saying I'm, I'm a bad person or I'm a good person or I've earned this or I haven't earned this. Whatever. However, we're coming to the Father with yeah. these pictures we have in our, in our head for ourselves. Mm -hmm. He says to us, you sent me the wrong pictures. You're much better in person. I just want to know you. I just want to know all of you and he does know all of us but he wants that journey of that unveiling so you and, know what you just explained romans mm, chapter seven mm. you explained the religious <laughs> mind carnal mind right going through age during coming towards the veil till yes. finally you realize he loves you exactly as you are that you don't need to do anything. He's always <laughs> known you. So you put away all the things that our religious mind did right. to try to please the one that's already ex unbelievably ecstatic right. about us. <laughs> right. There's no, there's no way to make him not. He's no. just so in love with us. That's yes. it. And when you <laughs> hit that place, Whoa. wow. And then, then it's like, you know, the Lord said to me, um, he showed me this experience once where he talked to me about discernment. He talked to me about um, discerning by the presence. So if somebody's speaking, there's no presence on what they're saying. He said, my presence is me in the present. Don't bother. It's either a religious voice or the good. soul of man, that's including good. prophetic voices. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, they'll good. prophesy from that Roman 7 position. Right. And the people that are in that realm, they get it. They're excited about it. But it doesn't yeah. mean it came from within the Father. No, that's right. So that's as um, he, he did that, and that worked really good for the longest time. And then he said to me, um, I'm going to show you something greater now. And I'm just at the, at the very beginning of this, the infant stage of this. He said, I'm going to show you that if it isn't oozing love, I'm <laughs> yes. not there. Right. Because he is love. He doesn't do it. It's not an attribute. It's him. Yes, but he so, is Mr. Love. Yes. So he said to me, um, uh, he quoted John, where he says in the epistles, he goes, "You, how can you say you love God whom you can't see? and hate your brother whom you do see. Hmm. He said, you're a liar. Now, what he means is you're lying to yourself because right. you're still blind and you can't see that I'm right. revealing myself all around you all the time. Everywhere. And that's right. to carry us to him. Yes. But we must see that it's the cross. It's both vertical and horizontal. It's both. Right. It has to be both. Yeah, the dance in the Trinity, mm -hmm. and then recognizing we are all joined as one 
with God revealing himself yes. through multiple ways everywhere. Yes. I mean, it, I, I had this one situation once where this girl, she got saved. I won't go into the whole story because of the length of it, but she got saved only a couple hours. And then went into this, um, and I had only been a Christian, I don't know, a few years. And so she went into this uh, trance where she left her body, and she's walking with Jesus in a garden, and she sees him, and she's talking to him. Then she comes back around, a bunch of other things happen, some deliverance, yada, yada. She comes back around, and we're sitting there, and the presence and the glory is intense. Mm. This was during the... I would call it the uh, end of the Jesus movement. So we were in a revival mm. in in those days. And this would have been in seven, 80, maybe it was 80, 80. So um, she sits up and she looks at me and she says, oh my gosh. She goes, he's looking at me. I said, what? He's in you. He's looking at me through your eyes. Shut I can up. see him. Now she's having a revelation. I got nowhere, no grid for this at all. I'm just like, wow, that's kind of crazy. But literally, she had her eyes opened because she just walked with him where she's seen God looking through my eyes. That is where we're going. That's it. Yes. That's it. That's it. Beautiful. So that like you walking into that restaurant, man. Well, and we never, ever, ever meet a person that isn't completely innocent and righteous in God's presence. It, There's not yeah. one person we meet and, you know, everybody is in that place. And so my heart is that when I walk in, you know, that's how Peter's shadow healed the sick, right? Mm -hmm. He carried that atmosphere of complete and utter compassion and love. And, um, yeah. You know, one other thing I wanted to add, I yeah, was thinking yeah. about with the, you know, being born in the situation I was born in, a lot of the, a lot of the lies, you know, I believed about, I believe about myself or I have, have believed mm -hmm. is um, to the point where it almost becomes habitual because you just believe it for so long, but uh, that, you know, I was an accident or that I was, you know, uh, I don't know how to put it, just kind of like, oops you know, yes. a little bit. And that that's how anybody would feel, I think, in this situation, even though I see God's faithfulness in it all. But there was something really special to me. And I think the father used it to, to show that my birth father found out on his birthday that I was a gift to him. Wow. And that, um, and then that's the very, so the second sentence my birth father says to me was to his wife where, hey, you wanted a daughter, here you go. <laughs> now I'm given as a gift. And his wife yes. like puts her arm around me and hugs me. And um, I just, just that, that even though in my spirit, I know that I'm a gift. I know that, that the father sees me as a gift and that he's a gift to me and I'm a gift to him. I see that, but there was just something missing and having that moment where, wow, you know, um, <laughs> we're, we're all gifts. We're yeah. all, there are no mistakes. There are no mistakes. There are, there's nothing wrong with who you are right at this very moment. Yeah. You might see that you want behind that veil or you want that next level, or you want to understand these things, 
the thing is is that all the understanding all the next level everything is right there with you right now and yeah. you're allowed to enjoy it even before you realize it that's you're so right. you're allowed to rest in that perfectness that you are in him even before you know it in your heart and um you know it's still being unveiled i'll, I'll come oh. back on here in a couple more months or something <laughs> and, and i'll have even more but see i'm not in a rush i'm not in a hurry i've been in a hurry my whole life to find my birth father and one part i didn't really tell in the story mm. is that i found him and then i had to wait and I didn't tell you that I was supposed to meet him before he took the DNA test. I was supposed to meet him and he stood me up. Wow. He didn't call me back. Talk about pain. <laughs> that, was, that was hard. And that day when he didn't call me back and I was in the area, we just happened to be in an area where my older brother and sister, who I, one of them I hadn't seen in 20 years, the other one I hadn't seen in 15, just had, well, my brother was there selling things. He had a booth on like, it was like on a, like by the water, you know how people sell things. Yeah. And I said, that's my brother. And I walk up and he let out like this ex expletive, <laughs> like, what the? Shakira, yeah. is that you? <laughs> it had been like 20 years. I think, wow. since, I think since our dad's funeral. And I come running and he actually literally ran through the parking lot, left his booth and all of his goods, ran from the parking lot to hug me. And he wow. would not let me go. And we wept in each other's arms. And then he FaceTimes my sister, our sister, and he's like, Sis, you'll never believe who's sitting next to me in my booth. Oh, I just not want to make you guess. And so he shows me her. I, I get on the FaceTime. Hi, Ava. Her name's <laughs> Ava. And she leaves work early. She goes, I'm going. Like she was in the middle of her work day. She took off early, drove 20 minutes just to come and see me. And I just, I want to tell that story too, because in the middle of that disappointment where I felt like, oh, he really doesn't want to know me. He's scared or he's ashamed. And like, my mind was like going through yeah. like what he must be processing. But my little girl heart was saying, you're not loved. You're not cherished. You're not honored. You you were a mistake. You're not a gift to anybody. It was and triggering the pain. Very, very triggering. Because to me, I thought gifts had to be useful. And if I was not useful, then I wasn't a gift, you know, and, mm. and all, many of my relationships have been that way, honestly. So it seems to reinforce that lie. But, um, but my sister comes rushing in out of town and, you know, and, <laughs> and then, and then my brother and we took a bunch of pictures and it was the highlight of my year, you know, where, uh, we shared a childhood together and a very difficult childhood. I yeah. might add, we shared a very difficult childhood together, but we also love goes past that too. So I think the father was showing me, I'm still like processing it all, but you know, it's not just blood relatives. There are people that are your family as well. Yeah. But I mean, who runs across the parking lot for you, you know, when you haven't seen them in 20 years, you've got wow. nothing to offer them. No, you know, you're, you don't, you're not the, you're not even really their blood relative. And yet he came running and hugged me and would not let me go and wept. And, um, now tell me that isn't a picture of the father. Right. Right. Running it, to embrace you. <laughs> it was beautiful. Absolutely. And then I ended up ministering to him too. And, it was a it was a divine appointment. It was a divine. I got to pray with him, and he 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 had been walking in a lot of shame, a lot of things that he was walking through, and I got to pray for him. And I spent a good two and a half hours with my siblings wow. that day, completely unplanned. Um, 
so but that was a difficult that, that so this journey i feel like i i don't want to not describe the darker times too because there's always yeah. the back side of the journey oh, yeah. that you know when people write a testimony book they'll say well i lived in my car for five years and then god <laughs> came but nobody writes a couple of chapters about living in your car maybe they do but not very many and i no. want more people to do that and i want to be a person that talks about those times too because they are just as precious and just as valuable have you ever thought about writing this yeah, I have. I will eventually. It's a powerful testimony. Yeah. You know, a powerful testimony about reconciliation, about about family, mm. about and and a, a picture of God. <laughs> yeah. You know, just yeah. such a deep picture of God and who he is and how faithful <laughs> he is. Even yeah. when you were having that down moment, look mm -hmm. at what he did. I know. It's like here I am. We just <laughs> talked about the father being seen in multi-membered yeah. body right that's right he comes running to yes. embrace you leaves his shop he leaves what he's doing <laughs> right. what's important what has value right. what could be stolen from him exactly. but it's not on his mind his mind is on one thing you and he runs like uh and even after all it was had to be almost 20 years because i think i was pregnant with my daughter and she's 20 when i last time i saw him oh and i remember gosh. his hug when i was pregnant it was that tight and it was like no time had passed oh. and there was no why where have you been why don't you call sis what's going on and see i didn't even know my sister was back in the area i thought she was in uh, arizona and so oh. when i heard that she was just across town and she dropped everything to come and see me um and we just, you know, shared some childhood stories and laughed about the painful ones and yeah. uh, just, you know, kind of just talked about our lives a little bit. But um, yeah, it was, wow. it was beautiful. It was, and I think Corey says, having your father in you, even if you don't know him. Yeah. Um, yes. A lot of my interactions so far with my birth father have been, oh, that's the, that's why I'm that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, see, I love cars. Like if I, if this paralegal thing doesn't work out, I'd sell mm -hmm. cars for a living. <laughs> I, totally, I love cars and wow. I don't know anybody else that does that. Like I've always been fascinated by them and that my birth father is a, loves classic cars, loves cars, loves talking about cars. Actually, my first conversation on the phone with him mm. was all about the cars he used to own, which is really weird. <laughs> he just would go on and on and on and on. And, on. <laughs> and I actually enjoyed it because I know all those cars and I'm like, oh, oh, that one had this on the engine and that one, you know, and stuff. And so that's nice. Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. But yeah, we and again, when we go and we meet with our heavenly father, with our creator father, with our the one that breathes life into us when we go meet with him we come into the same kind of memory where oh father you were with yes. me there and you were with me there and <laughs> oh i saw how how i love somebody and it was totally your love yeah. you know or um i i've had that same experience john where people would say i saw jesus in your eyes like when you were praying for me i could hear his voice you know yeah. i could feel his heart and i've had that as well where i've looked into somebody's eyes and all i saw was just the love of jesus yeah. and um we are that but he has to be our mirror he's yeah. our first mirror if we don't have that mirror nobody else will reflect properly yeah. really i mean if we don't have the mirror if we don't look into the mirror of jesus first to see ourselves 
and we look at other people instead, we get a, a twisted view every single time. Yeah. And they like, you know, the old adage, they study the the real dollar bill before they stood. They don't study the counterfeit. They study the real. Right. To find the counterfeit. Now, so. now you're talking again about the fact that the church religion studies mm. what's wrong. That's true. The, the Bereans studied to see if it was true, not if Absolutely. it was false. Yeah. We're supposed to be Bereans. Oh, <laughs> thank to you. To know him. Yeah, he's, it says that, um, we see through a mirror dimly. Yeah. But then face to face, well, who are you looking at? You're looking at yourself. You're the one mm -hmm. looking in the mirror. Right. You will know as you've been known. So he knows who you are. It's you that doesn't. <laughs> right. So when I see Jesus, the great revelation for me was, he said, I do nothing except what I see and hear the Father doing. Therefore, I don't really know Jesus. Mm -hmm. I know the Father, because Jesus came to mirror the Father yeah. to me, and then mirror a Son of God to me, because I'm a son. So I needed to know what a Son of God yes. looked like, and who my Father is. And when I had that revelation, it was like I'd won the lottery. It does, it feels that way, doesn't it? He is <laughs> so amazing. Like, oh my gosh. It doesn't get any better than this. No, this is the gospel. This never gets old. No. You can take everything else. This is all I want. This. Whoa, who yeah, he just, is and who I am in him. That's Whoa. it. That Shoot. is the, and that is one deep, deep um, bottle of wine. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Right. Just so never amazing. Again. And each time you drink, it gets better than the last. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your heart tonight and just being willing to be transparent because I know there's so many people. We live at such a time where there's so many broken people and people coming from all kinds of angles, even out of religion, wanting yeah. to know who is this, this God, this creator, right. who is Yeshua? What is he really like? you know and and god is revealing who he is and i just think your experience of your earthly father is such a picture yeah, such a picture of reconciliation mm -hmm. it says that in he in the book of acts that heaven would receive him jesus and that he would not return until the reconciliation of all things so it is the prodigal son it's the father you know, the prodigal son isn't a backslidden Christian. It is every single human being that's ever lived, ever will that's live. That's it. That's and it. And he comes to embrace just like your brother did to you. Yes. That's the prodigal right there coming so full tilt, no judgment, just longing and love. Yeah. That's that. And when we can be that, for yeah. the broken and i just want to thank you for being transparent and vulnerable because it's such a, a beautiful picture and a word and i just really encourage you uh mm -hmm. to look at writing that whole thing out even how you felt when you were young and everything and mm -hmm. don't forget the bad parts no i living won't in the car 
like you yeah, said, I won't. you know what I, I mean? Won't. No, and I won't. Just, yeah. just be such a, a place of healing, I think, and restoration for many that would uh, get to mm-hmm. hear that. And I think this podcast as well will be for many. So thank, thank you, you so much. Well, thank you so much for giving me the place to share. And I just love being with you guys. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's He is so good. Is One last thing I wanted to say is, yeah. you know, I used to ask the father, what's your favorite things? You know, and I keep hearing him say, you, you are my favorite thing. <laughs> you who are listening to the sound of my voice are the father's favorite thing on the planet. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. All right. (laughs) So we'd like to thank everybody for being on with us tonight and those that will be on in the future on the podcast. Um, We just want to bless you and look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.